0: You are listening to the TJRS
1: Radio
2: Network. The Serious Sound of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. It is best.
0: You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out.
2: No more, boys
3: will be boys.
0: No more, I'll say something next time.
3: No more, why didn't she tell anyone?
4: No more, she was flirting with him.
3: No more, she's too smart to let that happen.
5: No more, not my problem.
3: No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why does not she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry.
5: No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more We don't talk about that
3: No more bystanding
5: No more ignorance
3: No more excuses No more No more
5: No more
1: WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you If you've been drinking, get a ride Take a cab Find another safe way to get home Cops all across the country Are cracking down on drunk driving They will see you before you see them Drive sober Or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best.
6: Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready,
0: map it a sap. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me he has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in
5: Mr. Alan Sarrow right away.
1: Hey, how old are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make
2: a do-win. What do, man. man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Don't
1: try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch.
0: You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network.
7: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Florence is weakening as it moves farther inland, but the threat is far from over. NPR's Amy Health reports that life-threatening flooding is forecast to last for days, leaving many people unable to return home.
5: North Carolina has opened more than 150 shelters, housing some 20,000 people. Some don't know what's become of their homes or when they may return. Some haven't eaten fresh food for days. That's where Chef Jose Andres comes in. He helped feed Puerto Ricans devastated by Hurricane Maria. Now his relief group, World Central Kitchen, is in Columbus County, North Carolina, where they prepared 20,000 meals on Saturday.
1: Sometimes you don't know if people are going to need food for two, three days or a week or two, but you have to prepare for the worst.
8: So you are able to respond.
5: Andre says they lost a truck and 350 meals to floodwaters, but the volunteer Cajun Navy stepped in to help. Amy Held NPR
7: News. The National Hurricane Center says Florence is now moving toward the Appalachian Mountains at about 8 miles per hour and with so much rain, forecasters say there is an elevated risk of landslides. People in Hong Kong and southern China taking shelter from one of the most powerful storms to hit Asia in years. The typhoon has caused widespread damage in Hong Kong, as MPR's Rob Schmitz reports. Hong Kong residents are huddled indoors as wind
3: gusts of up to 127 miles per hour have sent debris flying throughout the city's dense urban center. Videos posted to social media have shown the facade of a building crumbling, scaffolding collapsing and paper and office supplies flying out of broken skyscraper windows in the city's financial district. The Hong Kong Observatory raised the storm signal to T10, the highest level possible. It's expected to be one of the strongest storms to hit the city in the last 60 years. On Saturday, it plowed into the Philippines, flattening homes and villages on the northern island of Luzon, killing 25 people, according to the government.
7: Rob Schmitz, NPR News, Seoul. A U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agent has been arrested on suspicion that he murdered four people and kidnapped another. Joey Palacios Texas Public Radio reports on Juan David Ortiz. He was taken into custody in Laredo, Texas this weekend. Webb County District Attorney Isidro Alanis said authorities were dealing with a serial killer, adding the manner in which the four victims were killed was very similar. Ortiz was arrested early Saturday morning at a hotel. A kidnapping victim had escaped from him and alerted police. Ortiz has been with Customs and Border Protection for 10 years. A statement from CBP said he's a supervisor with the agency. CBP said it does not comment on ongoing investigations, but said that, quote, "...criminal action by our employees is not and will not be tolerated." Laredo is about 150 miles south of San Antonio and sits on the Texas-Mexico border. Authorities do not provide details on any of the victims. This is NPR News.
9: Coming up next on The Serious Side...
4: A woman who had the police called on her when she was trying to help the homeless, Erica Martin, says employees at a Safeway supermarket in Mountain View, California, picked up the phone and dialed 911 on her and her family last month because apparently the store suspected them of shoplifting.
3: Why would they
10: even do such a thing?
3: Donna Gowdy describes the moment her 11-year-old daughter was tased.
10: She fell down and rolled over and was shivering.
3: Donisha caught shoplifting snacks from this Kroger Monday night.
10: And I got up there when I couldn't really breathe. I'm not saying what she did was cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm not vouching for that.
3: The 26-year-old was shot
9: and killed one week ago by off-duty Dallas police officer Amber Geiger inside his own apartment. Welcome to the Serious Side of the J-Roll Show with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. Elias, and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Now, here is your host, Jay Ryle.
2: Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is September 16th, 2016, and you're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio. At its best, of course, I'm Jay. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. Uh, it's a beautiful day out there. First of all, our thoughts and prayers are going out to everyone who was impacted, who currently are being impacted, I should say, by this storm. Uh, this hurricane Florence, what a travesty that's happening on the east coast of our uh, great nation of ours. But uh, we continue to pray for those who are affected by this. But as always, I'll never share the stage by myself And introduce you to what I call the B teams in the house Mr. Elias is not here this morning He's uh, in Vegas, I'm jealous Kathleen Williams is doing what she does She's uh, she's officiating a service a ceremony this morning Johnny B is affected by this uh, terrible storm So our prayers go to him and his family uh, And uh, our colleague, Jerome Spree Usually joins us after his uh, commitment With Clear Channel Radio But I got... Some of the best in the business here. Let me introduce you to first up, she is the director of our social media outreach program. The one and only Miss Jackie's in the house. What's going on, Jack? How you doing, girl?
5: I'm doing great. How are
2: you doing? Doing outstanding. Just another day of paradise. No palm trees, as I always say. <laughs> Thank okay. you for being here. And, of course, our colleague from the Jay Riles Show. I love her so much. She brings it to you, just Southern Bale style, the one and only Vanessa May Belly, the <laughs> McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you?
4: Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Miss Jackie. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to hear from you. <laughs> good to hear your voice. Glad to be here to help you out a little bit, Jay.
2: As always, thank you so much. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our calling number. You can uh, call in, listen to the show, or you can uh, hang out uh, on social media. You know the rule: when Mister LES is away, the chat room is not open. But hey, we'll try to maybe get it open for you a little later on in the show. We'll find out what's going on. But uh, anyway, and of course, if he's not here, there's that means no chatterbox, unfortunately. But Mr. Elias is, uh, you know, he's just living the dream. He's the man. So I can't uh, I can't get mad at him. Hopefully he's having a great time in Vegas. Like I mentioned at the top, our uh, resident texter, Johnny D., him and his family, uh, is really feeling the effects of the storm. So we pray for everyone out there that's uh, going through this right now. I guess the thing for me, Vanessa, and I'm not sure if you're one of these people, you know how it is in Houston. Anytime a storm comes through, they tell us to run. And I run. But there are a lot of people who don't run. And they stay here. And, and, uh, and you know, listen, and unfortunately, you know, when we had that situation with Rita, I remember where everybody was like, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's the, the hurricane. It was right after Katrina. Everyone was panicking. Everybody ran, and nothing really happened in the Houston area. So what that did was that led to a false sense of security. And a lot of people, right. so when the next big one came, which was Ike, I think no one ran. And uh, right. a lot of people were like, we should have ran. You know, and so I guess I don't understand people who stay behind for these hurricanes. If they tell you to leave, leave. If nothing happens, great. You're just inconvenienced for the weekend or for how many days it takes for you to get back to your residence. But to sit here and take that chance, I think is ridiculous, and I think it's irresponsible because not only are you putting you and your family in jeopardy, but you're putting first responders in jeopardy because they have to come and try to rescue you. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah.
4: Rita, I did not leave. Um, Rita, I did not leave because Bobby was on the emergency team at Burt.
2: Right. And some people, people do leave. have that situation, so I do understand that. So I, I didn't,
4: that. we didn't leave. We boarded up and we hunker down. And my family was on the freeway for five hours and never moved more than ten miles from the house. So, uh, you know, nothing I didn't do. Therefore, we did not do it when the next storm came. But. In our defense, we had no idea that Harvey's water was going to be that high, that it was going to hoover over right. us for three days and just rain. And I was just blessed and grateful that it got to my garage before I got up there and was praying over my house and stopped that water. So, uh, you know, I guess for me, and you all gonna probably look at me through the phone, I, I'm so uh, annoyed at people who left their animals tied down to poles and gates and Trees uh, And the dogs Either died or some of the the Rescue people saw them and tried to Go to them and I, I just thought that that was just so horrible So this news lady Was shown uh, helping this lady With this rockwiler and you know how big they are And she was helping the lady pack yep. the dog Through the water and then the husband was Going back to go and get the daughter's um, Disability dog and so I had to go on her Facebook page and just tell her I thought that she was just an awesome person to pack a dog mm-hmm. half of her weight through flooding water. So I, I just say this yeah. to people. Human lives is very, very important. But animal lives are equally important if you can do something to help them, not chain them up and let them sit there and drown. So, yeah, it was pretty awful. I've been kind of keeping up with all of that and all the Trump madness. So,
2: Yeah, it's... uh. Yeah, it's unfortunate. All right. Three four seven eight five oh one two seven two. Today's show is strictly dedicated to living while black. You know. So the bottom line is, is that as African Americans, we experience things that our white counterparts really don't experience. And for that matter, neither do our Hispanic and our Asian counterparts as well. It's very rare that you hear about an unarmed white man being shot or unarmed Asian or an unarmed Hispanic being shot. Uh, it's always one of us. And so today's show will focus On three situations, one situation where a young lady, a 12-year-old young lady was tasered. And then think about that for a second. She was tasered for being accused of shoplifting snacks from a Safeway. Uh, The other situation is a young lady who was actually helping, and that's what we're going to talk about. That's our first set, helping a homeless person. And uh, (laughs) the people at the store called the cops. Saying that she was shoplifting And of course we're going to focus Last set on what happened in Dallas a week ago Young man sitting in his apartment complex Sitting in his apartment Very nice looking apartment by the way uh, It looks like at least from the pictures uh, It was shot and killed By a police officer who claims that she thought That uh, the guy was in her apartment We'll talk about that story as well Once again 347 1272 Let's start with the uh, Let's start with the young lady uh, helping a homeless person So what happened was There's a young lady Her and her sister Were at a department store Or at a uh, I don't want to get the name Of the, the store wrong I don't I don't have my notes In front of me So I'll, I'll confirm that here In a second But she was outside Of a grocery store And so there was A homeless person Because I think we all know That if we have a routine I know Vanessa for me uh, You know There's a certain route I take to church And there's always This guy there So now I'm making my point To you know, have some dollars In my truck Or you know, I may have a meal or something to give to them Because, you know, after a while These people recognize you if you go this route frequently And so, I, you know, like most people You know, you try to help them out So this lady went in the store and grabbed some stuff To try to help this man out And he accused her of shoplifting And him So once again, had this been a white person Going in, grabbing snacks for a homeless person Who knows what, what would have happened But a part of me thinks, Vanessa, that they probably wouldn't have said a damn thing, but because she was an African-American woman and the man that she was helping out was African-American, red flags go off, you're shoplifting, we're going to call the cops. What say you?
1: I didn't care. Where was that at, Gary?
2: Yeah, it was okay. a black woman who, yeah, there was a black woman who went in and bought snacks. At a store, the grocery store And I'm going to confirm the name I think I know what it is Yeah, so she comes outside To bring snacks outside And the bottom line is that the, the employees Called the cops So then the cops showed up and questioned <laughs> the lady Four four cops Showed up now, Think about it Even if it was just a regular Situation where someone Was shoplifting Do you need four cops most of these stores have security, folks. I mean, so do you really need four police officers to show up for a shoplifting situation? So, first of all, things get out of <laughs> hand, Vanessa, because there's always just an abundance or they overdo it. There's no reason why there should have been four police officers there. Maybe one cop, maybe two no. cops. No. The max. No. But four showed up They questioned her and let her go. The store apologized. I want to say it was Safeway. They apologized. Saying that you know we apologize for this, you know, but the store has been accused of racial profiling. What say you in regards to this? This case, And imagine you, you know, you help a lot of people. I'd imagine you going into a grocery store buying groceries for someone. I think that's insane. Yeah, insane. and the cops come out to you and say, man, you know, are you? Shy? Think about the surprise on your face. You're just minding your damn business, trying to help somebody, and here you are now. In front of police officers. And you never know how that situation can go. I I just didn't hear
4: anything about it. I just think that's insane. That's about as crazy as calling the police on the little girl with the lemonade stand. I think it's crazy. All racial. I hate to say it, but it is.
2: It is. No, don't hate to say it. That's what it is. Don't hate to say it. That's exactly what it is. It's racial profiling. It is racial profiling And you know, Jackie, when we look at these situations All around the country we, you know, we always fall into this situation Where folks are looking at us in a certain way It's almost like, you know, listen It kind of reminds me of the Brett Kavanaugh hearings When uh, Senator Camilla uh, Harris asked him Was there any rules on, the, uh, rules on the books Telling the man what to do with his body There are certain things that we accept In this society we accept that men are better than women that 's just the way the society is i don 't care i don't care what you say it's unfortunate anytime you think about sex anytime something that talks about sexual things is always a picture of a female you know it's always that way because women has men have looked men have looked at women as objects for years, and so that's just a part of the culture and so now you think about it from from the other part of it you look at it from. White people have always looked at black people as being inferior to them, right? So they have the the moral authority to, hey, you know, push come and shove. If it's between us and a a white person, guess what? I mean, if if, if it's against us and and if it's a white person against a black person – They're going to always take the side of the white person because that's just the way nature, that's just the way society has groomed us to think. It's always that way. I remember watching something on television, Jackie, and they held these two dolls up in front of this this little black girl. And, you know, it was a blonde white girl doll, and it it was a little black baby. And guess which one she took? She took the white one. Because that's just the way she's been. That's what you see on TV. That's the way we have been programmed. When is this nonsense going to stop, Jackie?
5: I, I do not know. until until people stop getting taught it, if it's just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because like you said, if that was if that went the other way around, if that was white people who were doing that, nothing, nothing would have got said.
1: But, you know, white hate
5: is taught, hate is taught, bottom line. But when people stop teaching it, <laughs> that's when it'll stop.
2: You know, you bring up a good point, and you know, I'm glad you said that because one of the things that people talk about when we talk about society and when we talk about where we're heading as a nation, um, you know, I really and truly thought we were going to get past this. I really and truly thought that, hey, you know what, that was a black eye on our country's history, that things are better. You know, we had President Barack Obama, things, but you know, and if people who have been listening to this show ever since then. One of the things I said, I said at the end of his tenure, I'm going to give a grade. I'm going to do an assessment. And that assessment is going to be simple. You know, the, the, the election of the first black president, is it a situation where now all of a sudden this nation has really, you know, become a better place? Or is it a situation where we're going to really truly see the true underbelly? Of racism in this country, and I think the question has been answered, because nothing that we've seen since the presidency of Barack Obama has indicated that this nation has moved forward. All this has done, Vanessa, is really illust- illustrated that the people who have this mindset, this thought process, these are the folks that are who have been lying dormant for all these years, and so now that they have. You know, covering the White House per se. The bottom line is that they are really showing true true colors. So all they did was stay in underground for eight years, but now they have the right that they feel they can come out and say what they want to say, Vanessa, because they got the guy that they need in the White House. They're good to go. They can do what they want to do.
4: Oh, that's not gonna last, no, Jay. The house is. You don't think down. it's gonna land
2: well, I wait a minute. Think whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. I, we're, we're talking two different things Vanessa that, because you're talking about the house tumbling down on his presidency. That's one thing, but I'm talking about just the nature of society. The fact that here we are in a society. We have, like you talked about a few seconds ago. Who calls the police on a on a black on a young black kid with a lemonade stand?
11: Have, right, have you sir. heard of
2: this before, the president? Well, there you go. My that's my point. They have been lying dormant all these years and so now that President yep. Obama is no longer president and they have the cover that they want in the White House, they are showing who they are so they not they didn't go away We didn't get better wait, 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 all we wait, did was wait. delay what was going on. I
4: think it's because it is the color that they want in the White House because the Clintons was white. I think it is because of the, the background and the nature of the beast of the person that is in the White House. That's what I believe. I'm not gonna say that it was just this bad when the Clintons were in the White House and they're white. So let me rephrase them. Let me tell, let, let me review that for me. For me, I didn't see it to bad with the Bushes, and
0: I, I have.
4: I'm I just kidding. I have never in my 55 years ever seen this much open racism, and especially coming from the White House in my lifetime. So I'm not gonna say. That because they got a white person in the White House, if that's the way it is, I think it is because they have a racist white person in the White House. Is the well, well, I can't say the man is a racist. Let's just say he portrays that he's an open racist.
2: Oh, you can say he's a racist. You call him what he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was
12: so say. I'm don't hold saying- back. Hey, good morning. I think that well, he, he kind of jumped, jumped in without, being,
2: in a, in a, in my bad. without me interrupting. a without me interrupting his he, 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 he kidnapped himself. Go ahead, Vanessa. But like
4: I'm saying, <laughs> I, I just think that <laughs> it's
12: coming out because of him. Good morning, Jerome. Hey, good morning. I thought I was all I was like, call him a racist. My bad. But
2: the rest is <laughs> it in. Whatever he is, that's the man. You heard him. He doesn't need me to introduce him. That's the man, Jerome Street, Mr. Jerome is free I should say, in the house. Jerome, you know, today's show is all about living while black. So all the stories this morning is going to focus on things that are happening to, to our people. And the bottom line is the first thing we're talking about is a situation where a young couple, well, I'm sorry, not a young couple, but a young lady, decides she wants to help out a homeless person. So she goes into a grocery store. I think it was Safeway. Goes in, buys groceries for this person, snacks and all this other stuff, only to get... You know, the police called on her because she was accused of shoplifting. And, you know, right. so it's just once again, here we are in a nation where, where if a white person did this, there would be no issue at all. But because someone of color, well, African-Americans, because african American did this, all of a sudden here we are, four police officers are there. You know, and let's just think about it. She didn't have the right, I'm not going to say the right demeanor because what's the right demeanor? Oh, I'm sorry, officer, you made a mistake. Is that the right demeanor? Or should we be pissed off? Or is that the right demeanor? Who determines what the right demeanor is? Oh, because here's the law. We're going to, oh, sorry, officer. We were just, you know, it, it, it kind of almost reminds me of that guy who shot that, that brother in the behind for getting his, you know, driver's license and registration. To get his ID. And when the guy, yeah, and then the guy told him the. To... and then the guy was apologizing. Because the cop "Hey, man, you can't be making moves that fast." I'm sorry, officer. You're sorry, officer. This guy just shot your ass. Uh huh. <laughs> so, so,
12: so, yeah. Exactly. So, what,
2: what, where are we, Jerome? When we when we think about this, you know, helping out a homeless person, and here we are, once again, police is called. Come on. Right.
12: Yeah, you know, here, here's um, I, from what I heard, and and I know you guys talked about this a little bit. But we keep using nice words like they, like people are conditioned to be one way or another and all this and that. That is kind of, it's kind of the fabric of where we live. It is not our problem right. as black folks to, tempt, to tamper their behavior. It is truly on them, right? Because, because if we were programmed the opposite way, black people should naturally hate white folks. I mean, if you, if you yes. think about it, just ancestrally, just to our grandparents, because I know when people think of, like, slavery and Jim Crow and segregation, they think about, oh, y'all are talking about stuff that happened a long time ago. Ask your grandparents a story to, to tell you a story about yeah. racism. You'll find that it is not that dark, that long ago. And although Donald Trump is an extreme racist, Ronald Reagan um, – George H. Bush with the, you know, the Willie Horton stuff. That, that whole scare tactic of making black people the villain has been in our politics all the way up to Clinton. And, you know, Obama may be a secret Muslim stuff, right? The birther stuff. That has something to yeah. do with him not being wholly American, right? A whole, you know, that whole thing about the three-fifths and all that stuff. Of a human, they tried to make him three fifths of an American, right? And he's not American all the way, Neither. so we should be scared of him. That works easy on white folks. So we can talk about how the images create that in their head, but we also need to talk about what's sitting in the back of their brains. Because that's not, it's not just conditioning anymore. I mean, there are black people who hate black folks. We ain't gonna say no names. There are black black folks. But at the same time, there are white folks who inherently have issues with black folks because not just of their fear factor and their conditioning, they're there because of inferiority, complex stuff. And we need to deal with that. And they need to deal with that from a a psychological point. That's not us. That's not our call. And we can't help them. Even if we call it out, that's not really help. Yeah.
2: Uh, You know, I I know I I mean, I just, you know, once again I mean, here we are in the country You know, the the, the land of the free and the brave You know, here's a person, a good Samaritan Now, trying to do the right thing When it comes to a homeless person You know, here come the cops Cops are coming You know, we're going to call the police Because we don't trust you to do the right thing We think that you're up to something That's what we're doing We're going to call the cops on you And you know, they were white people
12: I mean, this is unreal,
2: man. This is unreal what's going on in this country. Yeah, I
12: forgot really quickly. I'm sorry, Jay. I I have a a quick story um, about being black in America. Yesterday, I I think it happened probably Wednesday or Thursday, but a friend of mine in New Jersey, not going to say any names or what city it was in, go to a store that they always go to, and as they were signing for something, um, she said that there were some people who signed their name in you know, charge something and put their credit card signature in. She said, out of all the people in there, they asked to verify her ID, that she was who she was. And, of course, as a black woman, she was not really having that. But right. she said, call your supervisor, because everybody else came in this line, and they signed their name, but you want to verify mine. And it was some menial purpose um, purchase we go through this stuff every day there's the more of that story and it does not stop but, because we don't tell stories about it
4: Bobby and oh. I were in fries at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year and we were just picking up stuff looking at it at fries which is an electronics store but they got a bunch of little gadgets in there and somebody walked up to me and said can I help you with something i'm off today But you look like you need some information on something. What? (laughs) I turned around. I said, I beg your pardon? Well, I mean, you look like you're trying to compare products, and I'm off today. So I just thought maybe I could give you some insight on it. I looked at my husband. My husband looked at me like, Vanessa, please don't do it. (laughs) He
1: said, please don't.
4: (laughs) Please don't do it. So he just turned and told the person. Uh, you know, no, we're fine. We got it. We're just looking to compare with pricing, but we don't need your help, but thank you anyway. So you know what? That was either the in-store security, or it might have been an employee that was off that day. But that didn't mean that that person needed to come and ask me anything because they thought I was going to shoplift.
12: Right. And, and the point is is that white folks feel that they have the authority ask us or to check us at any given time at the drop of a dime no matter what they do. No matter what. So on that person's day off, technically they weren't getting paid for it, but she wasn't, well he or she, was not just being helpful. It it goes down to their pathology about how they feel like they have governance over us. And that's problematic. You know, and nobody likes to talk about it from that perspective because they're like, oh, you know, We are being sensitive or something, but they feel like they have governance, and we should be okay with it. We we need to understand that so that we stop having – we're not going to stop having incidences until they get over themselves. It is their issue
2: not going to happen uh, because they're not going to get over themselves. It's just a situation, uh, guys, unfortunately, that we're going to live with. And, and I don't, I don't see it. I don't see where the end. I don't see where the end is. I, it's just unfortunate, you know. So anyway, today's show, Living While Black, we're going to focus on just stories of situations of people who happen to just be who looks like us on the show. Uh, you know, things just happening to them that would not happen to people of the other color. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely focus on that today. Um, so anyway, speaking of white folks and all those different things, when you think of Nashville, you think of what type of music, right? Well, today, in this morning's edition of in Four Minutes and Less, a little surprise for you. Listen in. We'll be back after this. When you think of
13: Nashville, you probably think of country music. Soul and jazz, not so much. But our next guest shows us maybe we should think again.
6: Uh, can be
13: both
6: hot and cold.
13: That's the voice of Candace Springs. As you can hear, Springs owns that warm classic jazz sound. But in her latest album, Indigo, she adds some fresh contemporary flavors. When Candice Springs came into our studios recently, she told me about the guidance she got from her musician father, Scat Springs.
8: He gave me a Nora Jones CD. A Roberta Flack CD and a Nina Simone CD back in the day. And those are my girls right there. And I, listened to them. And I was like, who is this girl? Like, That's Nina Simone, baby. Because <laughs> she has such a raw tone. And I was like, so drawn to her in the way she played the piano. She played classical and jazz to rock. And, you know, when you hear her, you know it's her. So that drew me in. I started
13: developing my own sound based off the influences that he gave me. But growing up in Nashville, though, did you feel, I don't know, did you ever feel kind of odd woman out because of <laughs> oh, what yeah. you love and then what is you know all around you in the musical environment did you ever feel like odd woman out musically all the time yep still do kind of but <laughs> i've made my
8: place in what i do now but you know it's mostly like rock country americana and here i come playing like these cluster jazz chords or classical and coming who is this girl you know again they'd be like who are you why are you here why are you not in new york or something like that and uh Eventually, I did end up moving to New York later, (laughs) and that was a good move to get me to where I am now. But you're still in sure. Nashville. Yeah, I'm still in Nashville. That's my hometown, girl. My whole family's there. See, I got country. I got my sweet tea. <laughs> I gotta get my sweet tea. Hey, hey. <laughs>
13: but I put the soul on it too. See, I'm feeling now. You want to sing? So let's just do that. <laughs> so let's hear some. Hey. So let's hear something from the new album, Indigo. I, you, I want to mention you're here in the studio. You're going to be playing piano. But why don't you introduce us to the folks who are going to be playing with you? I would and love
8: to. Um, my bass. Uh, my bass player is his name is Chris Gaskell, and um, Connor Parks on the
13: drums. So I think that you would like to play Fix Me first.
8: We can do right? that. Right? Okay. Sounds
13: good. So let's play Fix Me and then we'll talk about it.
1: Ooh,
6: ooh, ooh. Yeah. I got a problem. I can't let it go. It's time I- The more I drink of you, the thirstier I get Knowing that I can quit you, I can't even lie Caught up in this riptide, ripping me up inside Wonder if I'm praising you, are the time Fading
4: woman who had the police called on her when she was trying to help the homeless, Erica Martin, says employees at a Safeway supermarket in Mountain View, California, picked up the phone and dialed 911 on her and her family last month because apparently the store suspected them of shoplifting. shoplift.
10: Why would they even do such a thing? Donna Gowdy describes the
3: moment her 11-year-old daughter was tased.
10: She fell down and rolled
3: over and was
10: shivering.
3: Donisha caught shoplifting snacks from this Kroger Monday night.
10: And I got up and I couldn't really breathe. I'm not saying what she did was cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm not vouching for that.
2: Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Was our calling number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. The serious side of the beautiful Sunday. I hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday morning. Thoughts and prayers to those who are affected by Hurricane Florence and actually hit the show. Our uh, resident texter, Johnny D, uh, definitely is in the eye of the storm, actually. He's uh, dealing with some stuff at his job, emergency protocols. So our thoughts and prayers are out to his family, to other folks that you may have in that area. We're praying for them as well. Hopefully they'll get through this just uh, terrible situation. Hurricane season is here. If you are in those hurricane zones, uh, wink, wink, Houston. Make sure that you're prepared. Make sure that you're doing the things that you need to do to keep you and yours safe during uh, this uh, just not a very good time of the year, just uh, want people to understand that. so be prepared, make sure you have all the things, all your important papers and waterproof boxes, make sure that uh, you have a plan in place to make so when if and when this happens, you'll be ready and let me say this to you folks out there make sure you go go and get flood insurance now if there's a hurricane in the Gulf, you can't get it, but the bottom line is that get flood insurance regardless of whether you're in the flood zone or not. Don't really count on that because a lot of people's houses were flooded during this last hurricane in this region, and they weren't in a flood zone. So, do the necessary things you need to do to prepare and make sure that you're ready for this uh, hurricane season. It looks, it looks like it's going to be very, very active. Three four seven eight five oh one seven two. It's twenty minutes. You already to, listen to the serious side. Absolutely. All right, listen. We talked about the story today's show is all about living while black. We're going to focus on stories that affect our people. Just doing normal things. And so we want to bring awareness to you, and drive the whole drive the point home to you folks. Because we know you haters are out there listening to the show. You do it every Sunday, and that's okay. Maybe we're teaching you something. There's a reason why you keep coming back. I don't think, and I think to be perfectly honest with you, you're not just listening for two hours just to send me or send us some note at the end of the show. So you know, come on. Because half the time I don't read them. So I don't know why you're here, but I know you're listening. So we just want to illustrate things to you, the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Now, if you didn't hear the story about the young lady who was tased, you heard our post. But let's hear the story. We'll talk on the other side.
10: Online radio at its best. How would they even do such a thing?
3: Donna Gowdy describes the moment her 11-year-old daughter was tased.
10: She fell down and rolled over and was shivering.
3: Donisha caught shoplifting snacks from this Kroger Monday night.
10: And I got up and I couldn't really breathe. I'm not saying what she did was cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm not vouching for that. But the way he went about it was totally wrong.
3: The security guard was an off-duty Cincinnati cop, currently on restricted duty following the incident. Police policy states a taser may be used on a suspect over age 7 or under 70, but also that officers should consider the severity of the crime. The city is now reconsidering that policy.
12: I can see no reason why an 11-year-old child would be tasered uh, given, given the circumstances for shoplifting.
3: The police union is defending the officer and current policy. I would hate to see the procedure change to uh, a certain age that restricts an officer from using the taser and have something really tragic happen. Taser manufacturer Axon purposely leaves its guidelines vague. Age is going to be an improper gauge of when you could use a taser weapon because the age really doesn't tell you how big they are. It doesn't give you an indicator of when you could use it or not use it. Tonight, charges against the fifth grader have been dropped, but her mother worries this could have ended much worse. Blake McCoy, NBC News. Online radio at its best.
2: The charges against the fifth grader (laughs) were dropped. Oh, God. I mean, what's going on here, really? Uh, Now, like her mom said, look, you know, I'm not condoning what she, Vanessa, but are we, seriously, you're tasing a 12-year-old? A 12 year old girl
4: You're not going to like what I got to say about
2: that Well you know what Let's put it out there then why not Maybe some of the people will What do you have to say about that
4: Okay well
11: Jay
4: Some people would say She wouldn't Get ready Jerome black on black crime Sorry sorry I didn't mean to Jerome's going to eat me alive Okay (laughs) Yeah black on
2: black crime here it comes right. (laughs)
4: <laughs> well Man. you know what it's it coming, means? go ahead. No, no, y'all listen now, wait. To me, no, I do not think that if it was a little white girl, she probably would not have been paid. But stop it, Bobby. But these are different times where I am sure that this little girl is seeing on the news how black people are getting shot down in the streets for no reason, how they're doing people for no reason. And for you to go in the store and steal something so minute, you know, to me, okay, here it comes, Jerome. I bet (laughs) you she won't do it
1: again. I I see. I see. I felt some kind
12: of way just before Vanessa ended that. (laughs) I'm like, no, don't do it, (laughs) Vanessa.
4: I I bet Mm. you she won't do it anymore. I mean, did she think that she was because she was a little girl and she was stealing? that she wasn't going to get caught, nothing was going to happen to her, but a little slap on the wrist. She's black. She's hearing what's going on. That's stupid. So, okay, it wasn't right, but I bet she won't do it again.
12: (laughs) Okay. I'm
2: just going to, there you go, Jerome, it's it's all yours.
12: (laughs) Okay, Vanessa, here's the thing. I mean, okay, so in disciplining our kids in our own house, I, I am perfectly with you. I'm fine with you in that. But here's the thing. You don't tase little kids. And little kids are going to be little kids, right? Because so, I used to say stuff like that where I'd say, you know what, you don't need those little um, um, safety things on your plug. Let somebody stick their finger in it. They know not to stick it in there again. But we can't be that cynical. Like, we, I mean, I understand because I used to say that. I'm like, hey, you stick a fork in an electric sack and you learn how electricity works. The problem is, is that the crime is committed by an adult. An adult cannot abuse children under no circumstances. And so when you can restrain somebody or just caught or hold them, then it was up to her parents to discipline her. But you cannot fire a weapon at a little kid because you don't know if that kid has a heart condition. You just don't know. and you didn't, it's, it's over... It, 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 you don't know if an adult has that condition, but they do it. Right, and they shouldn't, is the point. Right? You don't have to it's do that. Huh? So I'm that? not saying that
4: it was right what she did. I'm not saying that. I, no, I, I understand.
12: Changed. I understand, but that is a black on black crime that Jay just described. You are applying something that on black people, because, because you care for black folks and love them, that you want them to do better. So I, I understand that. I understand that we, we have a tendency of doing that, but we also have, to have a tendency of being harsh on one another because we want each other to do better. And we should know how white folks are. White folks need to change how they are, right? Because if you're a kid, there are too many kids being raised in this piece right now saying, don't look at life as color. Just go out and be you, being kids. And that is something that little kids do sometimes. It ain't like she robbed a bank. You know, I don't, I don't know what she took, but it probably wasn't something that the parents couldn't pay for, right? So they can get restitution. So you don't just give people the electric chair, which you're actually shocking them. You don't give them an electric chair for somebody stealing penny candy, for example, or a bag of potato chips. That's excessive. Right? they're letting white men off for raping people. They're letting them off, 30 days house arrest, that kind of stuff. They're letting them off for brute, like for crime crimes. But we're saying if you look at some something funny or you shoplift or something, you get to be paid. They're practicing on us. So you mean like the we, little
4: boy in Texas who,
12: uh, who
4: who said that his parents saw him and he didn't know any better, James? <laughs> And did hear the last person. I didn't wild.
2: hear you. What did you say, Vanessa?
4: Remember the boy in Texas, what did you say? the young Caucasian kid in Texas, who got out of being in trouble because he afflu- had He had affluenza. Yeah, influenza. He, was <laughs> he, he was
12: He was too rich to know the difference between right and wrong. So you see how that's playing, <laughs> Right. She couldn't have been too poor to know what was right or wrong because she was hungry or she stole something. She had to be a calculated. Um, it had to be practiced for her to be, Bonnie, be, be a, a professional um, thief. That was her training ground as a young kid. That kid was not a teenager. But, hey, he couldn't know right from wrong. He's too rich. You know what I mean? We can't keep applying different standards to us, although, again, I understand that we – want our kids to be better but at the same time they're still kids. And we can't we cannot dismiss the fact That's right. that Huh?
4: That's right, you're right.
12: Yeah. And and so but we have we have a tendency to be a little harsher on our on our folks. The problem is is that the reason that we have laws like punitive damages laws and things like that is that when somebody um, knowingly do something wrong and as, adult, as an adult he knowingly tased the child so you don't have to read the label and say oh you can, it's okay to, try to tase somebody over 7 that's, not, that's a judgment call right so when you use excessive force and again especially in stores they put this law in effect because Sears, um, Sears years ago in Chicago used to have bouncers and they beat this woman down this white woman and so they put these laws in effect saying that if you get caught shoplifting, that you have to detain them until the regular police comes. So store police officers can't even put their hands on you. And that, is, that went to, like, the Supreme Court. You cannot do that. So that's why a store officer will get tough and block your path, because once you leave the store anyway, it's out of their jurisdiction. Sometimes they say if you're in a parking lot, you're still on the property. But they can't really even detain you. They can ask you to come with them. But if they put their hands on you, the store is re- responsible. So that woman should just attain an attorney and take them punitive damage-wise. Because if that, if that was an employee of the store and not a police officer, and they used force on them, they are ultimately responsible. Those laws are there for a reason. And they weren't put there for black people. But, hell, they might as well use them. Sorry for cursing.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven. To you, tune yeah. to the serious side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio at best uh, You know, we're talking about the situation where a young young girl was uh, was uh, uh, tased uh, because of uh, you know a twelve year old being tased for you know taking snacks out of a store and, and out of Kroger's. And uh, you know she was tased. I mean, by
11: police. Huh. You
2: know, and and we've seen situations where police officers have gone into domestic violence situations and uh, violent situations and haven't used their tasers. I mean, you know, we've talked about this hundreds and hundreds of t- times on the show. How there's a double standard. You know, she's a little African American girl, and so they decided to hit her with a taser. You know, knock her down. You know, I mean, it's crazy. This is nuts. It's it's, it's nuts. And and. uh and, you know, I, I was thinking about something the other day, and maybe we'll talk about this next week, um, how when we look at kids, how do you handle kids, right, when kids put themselves in, or when you find yourself dealing with a kid that's in a situation where it could become violent. You know, I have a friend of mine, she works at a, a special needs school, and she sent me a video of a young boy slapping the hell out this teacher. And, you know, she really couldn't, you know, she just tried to hold his arms, but he was slapping the hell out of her. And I was like, man. So, you know, we'll we'll talk about it next week. But, you know, this situation kind of brings this to mind. Because when you think about kids and things that kids do, like you said, Jerome, kids are going to be kids. I mean, hell. I stole something out of a store when I was a little kid. Now my sister told on me. She snitched on me. My mama <laughs> beat the hell out of me 'cause I stole like a little I stole like a little G. I. Joe gun from a G.I. Joe. I mean, hey. you know,
12: I mean you know, I mean, she
2: told on me, she snitched,
12: she snitched uh-huh. on
2: me and my mother beat the crap out of me. You know, and I never, <laughs> ever, ever, ever stole nothing else. So maybe that's what you're talking about. Vanessa. Exactly. The pain is so severe.
12: <laughs> Maybe I, you won't do it again. I don't know. That's why I agree with black black said. Black, right. Like that—that that is how we we understand that and discipline. Black folks discipline their kids, and so as a white parent, they'd be like, "Don't touch my child," and they wouldn't touch them. Right? We need to understand uh, that they are still kids. So yeah. you learn your lessons. How you learn your lessons? Get that beat down. I sure did. It but you don't somebody tase your kids.
2: <laughs> it, was, it was a beat down. It was.
12: Hey, Drove was one of those beatdowns
2: it. where I had to wear long sleeve shirts to, to to school the next day because <laughs> I, you know how when they hit you with that extension cord, it leaves uh, that U, and it was used all over my arms because they were defensive wounds for me trying to keep her off me, and it was all yeah. over my arms. So, yes, I mean, that's that's uh,
12: a, I was going to say, that's you know what? <laughs>
2: yeah.
12: You got that. Was that beatdown before Penny got hers in good times? Because technically, <laughs> <was laughs> it was around the same time.
2: It was around the same time. It
12: was around the same time, uh, yeah. My
2: mother. <laughs> yeah, my mother know how to beat some tail, boy. Uh, I mean, uh, boy, white people, y'all, y'all white kids, they grew up. You know, I mean, uh, uh. uh black, I, black we ain't saying you down.
12: <laughs> yeah, we ain't <we're> saying that y'all <laughs> lucky, but technically, we got. It is a different world, just to let you know. Oh God! Don't think that beat you know black people until you know that extension cord. <laughs> 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 yeah. There's a part of my culture that you don't really want to <laughs> mess with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it
2: was the extension cord too It wasn't, you know, because I mean, usually the belt The belt's bad, you know But boy, she said, go get the hey, extension cord I'm, I'm like, oh things. my lord
4: Other Listen kids on the street where I grew up Got whooping for the extension cord My mama was cold-blooded She did some mental thing with us She said, go get me that, don't laugh Don't Go get me that butcher knife Out the, out the uh, kitchen <laughs> drawer We go walking in there oh like, lord. oh my god Get mama the butcher knife <laughs> go out there and cut that limb down Right there off of that tree She made yeah. us cut our, oh, our own that, Switches
12: yeah.
4: Off the tree yeah. Yeah, that,
12: that was, that was like a lot of yeah. warfare right there She was like yeah. Yeah. My grandmother so
4: did that She made us cut our own Switch yeah. off the tree Pull our butts up with it and then put the tree The switch right there in the hallway For us to look at it Oh my god
12: Oh <laughs> uh, no yeah. No, Because okay. I'm laughing. was no, Here's the thing. Yeah, go ahead, Just in case you're no. missing the point that we're making, just like yeah. we joke about free government cheese, unemployment was really bad during that time, but it just tells you that it black was. people, when we look at something, we know that if something is done out of love, we'll make it work. So even people got free cheese, we laugh, and we we're like, oh, remember that time we had? We don't care. We made it work. Then nobody complain. Sure. Hey, all of us Vanessa, all of us had that happen. Cut that switch. Right? And yeah. it was it's psychological, but hey, it kept it kept us on a path. <clears throat> we we not put in no psychological.
2: My grandmother yeah, I, uh she, she didn't do it. My grandmother's from the country control me. I mean she wouldn't got it because she didn't feel like she needed her strength for whipping, so she didn't want to use her strength for cutting down trees. <laughs> you go get it so I can tell you that. So, uh, no. yeah, but you know, okay, we, you're but right. Think about,
12: people, think about all the people who had to get their own switches. Don't you remember them crying while they were carrying the switch back? <laughs> psychological. But oh, uh,
2: you mean? Don't remember. I do, I, I draw It was I mean, me. What are you what talking about? Me? Oh, my
12: bad. <laughs> I'm just saying. Come on, he he man. man. Died, of, of course, died, I remember. No, I'm saying if everybody, not just you, but even when you saw other people get beat. I remember, you know, having a neighbor who, I don't know what he did, and we were little kids, and his mother had him go get, go get this belt, go get a switch or something, and I was like, okay, I got to go. Because I don't want to see this. Like, I just didn't want to see him get beat down. But he got beat down. He came back outside about 15 minutes later. You know, wipe his eyes out. That's the worst. That's what? the worst.
2: I've gone outside to play. <laughs>
1: exactly. You came back out a
2: little
1: later.
12: Keep me in the house.
2: Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> I'm
12: not going
2: to sit here looking at you. No You know out. what, though, Jerome? So you, you said you had to go. And uh, you had to go because you didn't want to see it. You know, we had to go because we didn't want to be a part of it because, you know, she started swinging. (laughs) And if we were a part, you know, every parent had the ability to beat down, you know. (laughs) Yeah,
12: yeah. Yep, it was no – if you was there with them, they're like, what you looking at? Like, it was like you were in the game. So, yeah, yeah, you had to be careful about being in the game.
2: Yeah, 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 you had to be a part, you know, because it was all about it.
12: Yeah. So just just because that again, I don't I don't um I don't have a problem with how we interact. I think a problem like happened I guess it was probably in the nineties when they were like time out and discipline and you need to have a talk with your child. I think that went awry. But technically, I mean nobody is talking about abuse here because we're not abused because of it. But at the same time, you know that there's actual there's consequences. But when it comes to um, the authorities, whether it is store security yeah. or the police, they have mm. no right, right. In, in invoking discipline on anybody. You know, I was just
1: right.
12: having a conversation with one of my um, friend's older brothers, and he was saying how back in the 70s he said, shoot, police wouldn't even arrest you. They take you home. Right? You're getting the or something true. that. Or something they put you in the back of the police car. Pull up now. You're gonna get beat down when you got home. But oh, yeah. they were like, where you live at? And they're not gonna go wait for your parents come in and they'll leave you sitting in the car till you see them in that car. You know what I mean? So yeah. it it it's a bit beyond us now that mm. we keep thinking we need to lock people up for them to learn lessons. Right. Or we need exactly. to save them or we need to shoot them because we're in fear of our life. That is a narrative that right. been sold
2: to us. You know, we have to undo yeah. that. <clears throat> you you're absolutely correct about that. I mean you, police officers would take care home they take you home and, and you know, talk to your parents and uh, it was you know was and you're that. right. And the fact that your parents saw you uh in that situation it was all about, Oh my god, you know, I'm really gonna tell your tail up. But but you're absolutely correct. But you know, we, we discipline our kids and you know, and that's what we do. Um, but you know, the thing that was so funny and I'll tell this story and we have to get out of here. Um <laughs> I remember going to spend some time with uh, some of my white friends and I was shocked at the way Becky and Timmy was talking to their parents. I was like, Oh my Lord, you th- mom, you suck, mom and I'm like, Oh Yeah, that's oh, the closest time
12: to move. Ooh I can remember the first time I heard somebody <laughs> talk to their parents like that. I was like
1: <laughs> That was
12: like a Twilight Zone episode. I was like, huh? Get away. I, was waiting for, I was waiting for somebody to come out the back. It's like, can you get away with that? We're the judges. <laughs> Your father's probably going to hear about
2: <laughs> you later, right? <laughs> you not get and, then, and, 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 you know, here's the other part of it, Jujuro. My mom, when I got back home, my mom was like, she said, now let me ask you a question. Do I need to beat up, beat down some of the bad habits you saw over there? Or are you good? I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. i, <laughs> like, I I'm a, good hey yeah I saw it. I was in shock i was look I was ducking for him when he said it, and, and yeah, I flinched with it i thought I thought he was going to get a backhand at, 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 the, at, the, at you know at the uh, supper table, so you know it's uh, it's crazy, so it's it's amazing how you know we we're, we're making light of it but but the bottom line is that it is a serious problem that we have in a society, and like you said, when we start using force uh to simple things, you know kids are going to be kids. And some kids are going to do some things that will require their parents to punish them, and some kids are going to do some things that, you know, in the eyes of the law could be illegal. But, you know, as mentors, as community leaders, those are the types of opportunities that you should take, if you're a police officer, to uh, try to correct that situation. I guarantee you that that will go a lot longer. It will have more of an impact on that child versus hazer in them, I think, anyway. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about what happened in Dallas. Just uh, an unfortunate story. Coming up next, you're listening to The Serious Side of the J. Rouse Show. We'll be right back after this. No Go going anywhere.
5: a message for all you
6: teenagers out there who are thinking of becoming babysitters.
5: Go online and take the Babysitting Basics course offered by the Red Cross. Do
6: you
1: know
6: where Mommy and Daddy keep the bandages? <laughs> you learn how to handle
1: situations like this?
5: It should have never come to this. More importantly, how to
1: avoid them. Do
6: you know where Mommy and Daddy keep the fire extinguisher?
1: Cat food. Please, I'm begging you take the
5: course. She had to go to the store. I guess I'll be okay. You'll learn how to take care of kids. Even the infants. This is not how mom does it. Pat food, I'm begging you. Please. Go online and take this course. The Red Cross offers classes that teach the basics of babysitting. In just a few hours, you'll learn how to handle an emergency, the basics of child care, and how to talk to the parents if something should go wrong.
1: Take the course. Go to redcross.org babysitting and register today.
0: Welcome to the Health Spot. This is Dr. Tracy, naturopathic doctor. And this week's Health Spot is about the benefits of vitamin D. As the winter months approach and the days get shorter, many of us become deficient in vitamin D. Vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin created naturally by the sun. And besides helping to build healthy bones, vitamin D has an array of other benefits. A few include aiding in the building of the immune system, and it can also decrease the risk of high blood pressure supplementation with a high-quality vitamin D3 is critical during the winter months and for those who have limited sun exposure. While excessive sun exposure can lead to skin cancer, up to 15 minutes per day is fine for most. And that's your Health Spot for this week. I'm Dr. Tracy. Have a great day.
9: Twenty-six-year-old was shot and killed one week ago by off-duty Dallas police officer Amber Geiger inside his own apartment.
2: Welcome back in 347-850-1272. eight five zero one two seven two. You're tuning to the serious side of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio. And its best let's say, good morning to. Uh, our pizza say good morning to the man himself, Mr. Jerome. Mr. What's going on, Jerome?
12: Hey man, I'm good. How you doing?
2: Doing outstanding. We want to thank uh Vanessa for sitting in. She sitting in for the first two segments. Mr. L. S. Yes. is in Vegas this weekend. Yeah, Vanessa, she, you know. Vanessa's in Vegas. Get, get her praise on. Her. No, no. <laughs> Mr. LES is in Vegas. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, Mr. LES is in Vegas,
12: uh, Vegas. I'm sorry, I thought I misheard that. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is <laughs> Hey, how you
2: doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's there And of course, uh, our uh, Kathleen Williams She's uh, officiating a ceremony this morning So she's not here Our uh, Director of Social Media Outreach Jackie's in the house Jackie, good morning, how are you?
5: I'm doing well How are you both doing today?
2: Good, doing good. good. Of course, it's time for some information from you Talk to us. What should we be doing? How can people stay in contact with the show even after the show is over?
5: But if you want to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups. Twitter.com. Instagram.com slash TJRS. J R S Radio. Now of course if you want to email us, email seriousside at Outlook Once again, seriousside at outlook So check us out online. Keep us well, keep no, up with it.
2: Thank us. you so much. Keep up with us. Of course, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, as always, when Mr. Elias is not here, uh, we'll say hello. I know folks are out there. Convener, man, I know you're in the house. Good morning. Uh, welcome in, as always. Uh, the reverends out there as well, Pastor Jones. He's out there listening to the show as well. But you know how we do when uh, when Mr. Elias is not away and we cannot talk or cannot look or peep into the world famous chat room. We try to keep it even. So uh, no chatterbox today. So after the set, we'll go straight into my favorite segment of the show on a need-to-know basis. But first things first, we have some business that we need to deal with. And uh, obviously we're going to talk about what happened in Dallas about a week ago. Um, A young African-American man was shot and killed in his apartment uh, by a police officer. And uh, I want you to listen to the story and listen to some of the things that are being said.
9: Um, And we'll talk on the other side. We'll be right back.
2: Online
1: radio
6: at its
9: best. Family and friends of Botham Jean celebrated his life Thursday.
8: Bothum aimed high.
9: His smile lit up a room.
8: He was the guy you called anytime you needed anything.
9: And talked about meeting him for the first time.
8: I
10: said hit me with your real name, bro. He said Bothum Shimjong. I said Bo, Bo. That's what it's gonna be, bro.
9: The 26-year-old was shot and killed one week ago by off-duty Dallas police officer Amber Geiger inside his own apartment.
6: We as Americans, as humans, must turn away from the incivility that has rotted away at our interactions and not overreacting with deadly force.
9: The 30-year-old officer told investigators that she mistakenly entered Jean's fourth floor apartment instead of hers on the third floor. Believing Jean to be a burglar, Geiger says after she gave verbal commands that were ignored, she fired her handgun twice hitting him once in the torso.
1: One of the things I would like is for Amber to just come clean.
9: Before the funeral, the Jean family spoke to CBS News. Do you think she will get justice? Are you worried that she won't? That's my worry. The Dallas mayor and the city's police chief attended Thursday's service. Mourners spoke to the family directly.
1: Please know that we stand with you as you search for accountability as you search for healing.
9: A grand jury could ultimately decide to bump up the manslaughter charge Geiger faces to murder. Jean will be laid to rest in his native St. Lucia. Online radio at its best.
2: Uh, The worst uh, feeling for a parent is to, to bury your child, especially under those circumstances. A couple of things that I want to point out, Jerome, when we talk about this story is the fact that this officer claims that she uh, mistakenly walked into his apartment thinking thinking that it was her own. And and my question is, how do you do that if he stays on the third floor and you stay on the fourth floor? I mean, I, how does that happen? No, um, how, did, I, you know, uh, how does that ahead.
12: happen when you're a doggone police officer? If you're a doggone incompetent and not know where your own apartment is, why are you a police officer? They should be talking about how oh. stupid that sounds. Right oh, shouldn't geez. they be like um really good at seeing detail and when they uh, when they're on the scene that they have a good you know ability to recall and see detail of crime scenes and don't isn't there some standard for a police officer? How do you say you don't remember your own so. house? that' just stupid yeah, it doesn't make I, sense. I don't you know.
2: And here's the thing that they're doing, uh, you know, just like they did with uh, Trayvon Martin. You know, they, they've executed, you know, the the Texas, the Texas Rangers have executed a search warrant on his apartment, not hers. And I thought about that when I first heard that. I said, okay, that sounds like they're trying to find some stuff on him. But then I said, well, wait a minute. It didn't happen in her apartment per se, but, you know, maybe they're checking. I don't know. I, it just seems to me that there may be some character assassination going on here, Jackie you know, because they want to check his apartment, but it did happen in his apartment. So I guess if I wanted to be skeptical and give them the benefit of the doubt, I can guess I can understand. But on the outside it looks like once again we're trying to find uh something on this guy and there are reports that they did find weed in his apartment. But the bottom line is is that this is a guy that was a you know, this guy was heavily involved in the church. Um he was a, a very smart guy, a guy that had a lot going for him and, you know, it's all about trying to justify why you know, a police officer shot and killed a man in his own apartment. I mean, how? You're at home. You're at home. Just imagine sitting at home on your couch, minding your own business, and the police just walks in, just come in your door with their gun, giving you commands. Like, I mean, what? I didn't hear no sirens. I didn't hear no break-ins. I'm just sitting there, you know, doing whatever. Next thing you know, this man's dead. What's a, wow, unfortunate story?
5: Well, it's just just ridiculous. I I don't know what else to say about this because I'm with Jerome. How how you don't know where your apartment
1: is
5: I I just, it's, it's ridiculous. Another, I mean, I have nothing else to say but another senseless killing.
2: For no reason. Yeah. And, and manslaughter charges. I mean, you know, and I wish we had Kathleen on for this. Manslaughter charges? Uh, you know, how about this murder? I mean, right. what about exactly. first degree murder? I, I mean, I, well, what's up with the manslaughter charges? You walked into some, you know, let me walk in, let me mistakenly walk into somebody's apartment and shoot and kill them. All because I'm a police officer, I, you know, i it's manslaughter for, for me, you know, because I'm a police officer. But if I was just a regular Joe mm-hmm. citizen, then I'd be, you know, it'd be first-degree murder charges. They'd be ransacking my apartment to see that I have a motive. So I guess now I talk myself into being mad again, because why didn't they go to her apartment? Now, the good thing about it is is that the uh, the Dallas, uh, the, 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 the attorney, the attorney general, uh, they are opening up their own investigation. So outside of the Texas Rangers. So that's a good thing to make sure that, uh, you know, the bottom line is, is that this is not a situation where facts are being ignored. So I applaud them for doing that. I applaud the mayor and the chief of police to go and address to the to the family saying, hey, look, we are with you, and we want to get the truth. Well,
12: let's, because you're a police officer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Go yeah. ahead,
12: Jerome. Let's be clear, let's clear on this. This is under no circumstances should they have been in this house. Under no circumstances should they have sought uh, a warrant to search his apartment. And secondly, it shouldn't have been granted. So all of those guys are, you know, it it reminds me of this old Janet Jackson thing. I know we're not talking about this, but really quickly, CBS's president um, gets this sexual assault thing after all these women come out, and he resigns. One of the things that we find out from him resigning is that in 2004 at the Super Bowl, he held Janet Jackson responsible for Justin Timberlake ripping her clothes off. And he said she must have did that on purpose. So he told MTV, VH1, and whomever else not to play any of her music. And then when she got a book deal with Simon Simon Schuster, which is owned by Viacom or CBS or whomever, he told them, I can't believe y'all did this under my, on my effing watch. That man, from him to VH1 to MTV, systemically blackballed Janet Jackson. Now, nobody's really talking about this. I'm going to talk about it in the news. But the, the point that I'm making here is that not only was that kid victimized by being shot by a police officer in his own apartment, then the justice system went and accused him. I mean, they sought a warrant for one, then they got one, which the judge was a party to, and then who knows if they planted that in there. Because I'm not even saying he had any weeds. Just, yep. to, just yep. to smear his character. Because if they would have found yep. a gun, for example, they would have released that and said, well, maybe she thought he was going to shoot her because he had a gun. They were looking for evidence yep. to protect her. Yep. You know, all the way around, all of them are filed. Don't just we can't just yep. put it on her now. We need to know systemically black people have a problem in this country at dealing with systems, especially white folks. Because when they take her to trial, don't believe that now the the jury, the um a voice they can always up her charges. But the problem is is that they're going to play that system. She's going to come in there um with her hair down, with a white dress on, and they're going to be like, oh, this little white girl couldn't have did that. She was so distraught after she killed him that she had to go to Starbucks and get a latte. Like, they're going to play her so that they don't convict her. And we need to start being a little bit more cynical to what we believe fairness is in this piece because fairness did not happen for him already. So our expectations can't be too high. So when people sit there and say, you know, why, why black folks think that these conspiracy theories happen, everybody down the food chain would have to be a part of this. Well, technically, in this case already, the judge, the person seeking a the warrant, the, the, the officer or the lieutenant whoever approved them getting a warrant or seeking one, and then you have to go down the line systemically to figure out why are those systems working so hard to demonize us. Because a lot of y'all don't like to believe that that's going on. Because we have white friends, and we don't want them to feel like we don't like them. So we need to understand that and and live with the, you know, that, like Dr. Um, Nellie Fuller said, we need to actually figure out where our place is in this, and we need to deal accordingly. We need to figure out how we want to handle this. Because either we get to participate in the system, that is demonizing us or not, and I'll explain that. If you have any questions, write Jay. You know what I mean. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll answer that question because I'll do a commentary on that. You know, we need to we know, need uh, to understand this so we're not shocked every time something happens. I'm not shocked, and most of us aren't. But this is getting egregious that somebody can knock on your door and shoot you. Now that you. Yeah, now, I can't say you did cross the line when you choked somebody out for allegedly selling a loose cigarette or following Trayvon Martin home and shooting him. And We're, we're not saying those all are not egregious already, but now you're knocking on people's right. doors.
2: Yep, yep. That was my point. My point is, is that you can't even, I mean, where can you go? You're not safe yep. in your car. You're not safe in public. Exactly. And now you're not even safe sitting in your own house. I mean, look at what happened to the kid that was in the back back in his own backyard. And He got shot. You know. I, I mean, you 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 think about this stuff, and you really, you know, you, you can't make this stuff up, Jerome. And, and it's just really, I mean, this is a travesty, man. You know. And listen, I don't care. You know. And a lot of people say it's a travesty because here's a good black kid gone. Well, even if he was a foul black dude. I mean, the bottom line is. It's like you still shouldn't have broken his house and shot him. I mean, you know, man, it's, I don't, who cares? Maybe he was a ex-convict. It's like, oh, my God, he, you know, he killed this this, this 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 a beautiful black man. And,
12: you know, it,
2: it doesn't right. matter.
12: Yeah. Yeah, that's really the part I it. don't like when they start characterizing, saying how great of a person he is. It's like he is. He may have been. They can have his funeral any way they want to. I'm not I'm not disputing that. I'm saying it's sad that right. we have to be dang there, you know, without any kind of blemish for you to feel any kind of sympathy, empathy for people. Yeah. who you're Yeah, they killed
2: one of the good ones. Yeah, they killed <laughs> exactly. one of the good ones. He was one of the right. good like,
12: ones. Right, like not a lot of good what? ones or something. Yeah.
2: Hey, hey, there you go. See, that's my point right there. You hit it right there. Oh, wow. You know, they killed one of the good ones. Man, it don't really matter whether he was good, bad, or indifferent. I mean if the guy was sitting in his apartment complex and there was no I mean, there was no police activity, they weren't serving a warrant. Here was a, 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 a officer and you know just think about this for a second. This is a police officer. So they now they they okay. They have they make calls to domestic violence situations, they have to know where they're going. This chick don't even know how to get to her own house, her own apartment. And we expect her to go execute warrants in heavily populated areas where she can't even find herself home. I guarantee you they're going to find, there's going to be something else to this story. It just doesn't make sense. There's got
12: to be something else. I said that from the beginning. This, This is not what you think it is because there is no way that she shot him because he didn't obey her command kind of nonsense. She came to his house. She knocked on his door. And it's like, oh, yeah, she didn't follow her command. So she shot him. Okay. Something something else is being covered.
2: Yeah. So riddle me this, Jerome. Think think about this for a second. This is how I want all you haters,
9: because I know you guys listen, whatever, welcome in,
2: whatever. Think about this. So Okay, so that means that to me, police officers are they are peace officers. Their number one yeah. part is to do what? Keep the peace. So think about it. So let's say there's a police officer just watching TV, and all of a sudden there's a guy down the hall that's playing his music too loud. He just goes down there and knocks on the door or opens the door better yet and say, hey, you know what? Turn your music down. I'm not turning down nothing. Pow, 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 pop, pop, pow. Pop, 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 pop. What makes that situation any different than her walking in to somebody's That guy don't know who she is. She's just coming in. The door was open. Okay. But his his family is saying there's no way he would have left the door open. But maybe he did leave the door open. Maybe one of his friends was coming over and he was expecting that person to come over.
11: It doesn't matter.
2: It's not against the law to keep my doors unlocked.
12: Well, first of all, you know they have electronic locks on there. So they're looking at the locks to see when they were ajarred or not. So they're going to be able to easily approve Mm -hmm. this. They can see when you key card in and out and there's a um since they are recorded, I want to see how they're going to spend that because technically you're not going to be able to the door the and the the attorney was just on t v for the for the family the door was okay. not ajar, and it didn't matter if it was, but it wasn't, so now they're going to figure out their next argument but uh, my point generally is that we need to understand that we need to let stop letting people sidetrack us by throwing stuff out there so we chase it. What we need to be chasing is why is is it that we live in a system that automatically goes to cover police officers, I'm sorry, white folks, and then police officers, because if you're a black policeman, they probably wouldn't cover you the same way. So there's a dynamic that plays here. And the first one goes white female, and then white folks, and then police officers. Because yeah. we we've been having this problem for quite a while, so somebody needs to kind of deal with that <laughs> to some degree.
2: Well, well, well. Think about it, Jerome. Think about that situation where that white police officer shot and killed that black man whose car was on the side of the road. She got off. Yeah, she got off. You know, yeah, for no she, reason. she's going to she, she she she's going to an emergency call. She
11: stops
2: because this guy's car is in the middle of the road <laughs> because his car broke down. It stops And she ends up shooting him Because she said he, yep. he, You know she thought he was reaching it to his His window which you know Video shows it was rolled up
12: And she got right. Right. I, I mean
2: How is this right. any different than the, the Emmett Till How is this any different than what happened with Emmett Till? I mean how, how Because we're in a society Because we just came off of The fact that we had a two term black president That don't mean right. nothing to these
11: people.
12: Right. But, but here, here is where, I'm sorry to occupy so much time, but here's the thing that I think that we need to understand. It's why black people don't talk to the police, for one. Because we try to limit our interaction with the police because yep. of stuff like that. So when you start yep. asking the questions, and you know, we've been on, on this show quite a few times where I would hear um, other people on the show say stuff like they should have or they, you know, like they should have talked to the police. Yep. If you ain't do nothing, why didn't you put your hands up? This is why when you mm-hmm. do nothing, you shouldn't even open your door. I'd have called the police. Right? Because black people are like, mm-hmm. now we can't even open our doors no more. So when, when something happens to somebody on the side of the road and the black person looks at them and keep going, don't go back trying to arrest them saying, how come you didn't stop? Oh, because the last time mm-hmm. somebody stopped to help somebody white, they got arrested. Like those, that yep. that is fear-based. We're not. We should we should practice that so stringently. Like we need to practice nullification like that, so that people have to say, yep. okay, fine. You know what? We we need to deal with this differently. But white folks will not deal yep. with it differently, long as half the other black folks are like, it couldn't be me. They must have did something. If we stop yep. doing that. Then they would have to look at themselves differently because we wouldn't help them and bail them out of doing foul stuff. But we really need to stop that.
2: Yeah, you're right about that. Just another uh, just another senseless murder uh, of an unarmed African American man. All right, man. All right, coming up next on the Needs of No Nations with that guy, Mr. Jerome Street. We'll be right back after this. Listen to the serious side. On well, the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio.
7: Humanity has gotten one step closer toward running a sub-two-hour marathon. NPR's Ader Peralta reports that Kenyan Eliud Kipchoge has broken the world marathon record in Berlin. Eliud Kipchoge
3: smiled as he ran under the Brandenburg Gate. He knew then that he was about to shatter the marathon record set by his Kenyan compatriot, his country watched on national television. 2.02 2.02 clocking, and by a monstrous margin, he's going to break the world record. He comes towards the line, raises a sprint on those magical legs, and at last, the world record is his. Kipchoge, who is considered the best distance runner in the world, has made no secret. He wants to be the first human to run 26.2 miles in under two hours. Today, he ran that distance in two hours, one minute, and 49 seconds. Adapralta, NPR News,
7: Nairobi. A member of the Russian protest group Pussy Riot is in Berlin. German media say Peter Verzalov was taken there this weekend on a special medical flight. He is suspected of being poisoned. Earlier this year, Verzalov was part of a group that walked onto the field during soccer's World Cup final in protest against the Russian government. A 26 year old Massachusetts man has died after being attacked by a shark off Cape Cod this weekend. Well, feed police say the attack happened off Newcomb Hollow Beach. The victim was said to have been boogie boarding with a friend. The Associated Press says it's the first fatal shark attack in Massachusetts since 1936. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News.
1: Five, four, three, two, five. The first Jay. lady dazzles
0: on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want
1: me to do? Pledge legend to, to right? the flag of the United
0: States
2: of America. All right, folks, you know what time it is. It is time for my third part of the show, All the Needs to Know Faces with my main man, Mr. Jerome, Mr. Freeman. what do you have going on this morning?
12: Man, you just jumped into that. I guess there was no chatterbox. You know, I was thinking that yeah, you, I had a minute or two after you came back, but apparently, oh, my bad. I'm just, I, no, I just no, no, no. I'm singing good. if you want. All right, no, no, no. <laughs> here's here's the thing. I was gonna say, you know, I missed the story last week, but you know, for us, those, those of us who um, watched I Dream of Jeannie back back in the days, you know that yeah. that player that was on that show, Roger Healy. He died a couple yeah. <laughs> last week. And that's only a joke for those who watch I drew genie Roger He played Roger Healy. Uh, I'm trying to think of yeah. his um, last name, Daly. Tom Daly, I think. But um, he died last week. But I thought about that. I was like, yeah. I, I remember watching I Dream of genie and he was um, the um, Larry Hagman or Anthony Nelson's friend, who was the little player of the program at Nashville. yeah. Yeah, I I forgot all about that. I was like Roger Healy? All right, sorry about that. Had to had to live childhood back there for a minute. If you haven't seen I Dream of Jeannie, um, you know um, I know when we we looking at we're looking at and we're coming up on election season. So everyone's talking about you know the economy and blah blah blah. Forget what you heard about economy and politics because. Economy was doing well under President Obama. So, to date, we have 115 months of private sector job growth. You know how many months we have under um, Trump? 19. There's 115 straight, but there's 19 under Trump. So,
2: so they're not really under him because, you know, come on, man, there's no power. Come on, stop. No, no, President no But Obama. I'm saying
12: We have 115 months straight And that was all under Obama So it just kept rolling So people are trying right. to give him credit For the economy being good But we were at We were, you know, already You know, at um, Almost at 100 months of job growth Before we got there We're at 96 yep. straight months When Obama So you want to give 19 yep. under him And just give him the whole bag But under President Obama, 3.96 million jobs were added in his last 19 uh, 19 months in office. And in Trump's last 19 months, it's 3.58 million. President Obama averaged 208,400 jobs per month under his watch, and Trump is at 188,600. Obama's numbers are still a lot better, is the moral of that story. All right. Now, consumer prices rose for the fifth straight month in August, but the pace of the annual increases actually eased for the first time this year. That's according to the Labor Department. And the U.S. has reclaimed the title of being number one, the number one oil producer in the world. Now, we haven't had that title since 1973. That's according to the Energy Information Administration. The U.S. produces... Um, Produced close to 11 million barrels a day in June and August, pushing out Russia out of the top slot that they held since 1999. So most people don't know. We we pushed um, Saudi Arabia out in February. And we've been going on this trend since Obama, you know, since his energy um, policies took effect, we started producing more oil under Obama. But most American production of oil Does come from Texas uh, Which is on track to produce more oil Than Iraq And Iran And mental note I know this sounds like really good numbers But we bombed their oil fields too So we stopped their production While we're producing So I don't want to give you a mischaracterization About our production We have built We have, um, we have literally Caused war in Libya and Iraq and all of that So we stopped oil production in the region But we are number one now I don't know how that uh, (laughs) How those two work together All right. Um, Pope Francis on Thursday accepted the resignation Of West Virginia Bishop Michael Bansfield Who's 75 Who has been implicated in 2012 In Philadelphia For this sex abuse case but he denied any wrongdoings, but they took his resignation um, last week. Okay. Now, Apple Whoa. banned um, Infowars, the Infowars app, from his store for objectionable content. Now, that was following the crackdown on the conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, which um, kicked off Twitter, Facebook, and Spotify. So the move makes Apple's the the latest tech company or social media platform to take Alex, action against Alex Jones, who is a right wing talk show host, but based in Austin, Texas. So. Oh hey. uh, yeah. Get rid of that boy. Yeah. Yep. Um, Nike's online sale has has increased thirty one percent in the wake of the Just Do It advertising campaign featuring Colin That's Kaepernick. That's good to hear. Yes. 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 And their stock is at r- historic highs. It dipped for a second. Now it's back up. I wanted to go down some more so I could buy some because their stock is high. <laughs> but they're at record numbers now for their stock. <laughs> I was like, Call big everybody getting money? Yeah, you know. I was like, uh, I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna let them get down to about fifteen dollars. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> their stock yeah, is
2: somewhere.
12: Long, long time. Yeah, exactly. That was. <laughs> And you know the interesting thing about Nike Is you know Prince was one of the earlier Investors in Nike And he convinced Michael Jordan To join Mike Nike So before the you know who got rich The Prince of State As that Nike shares They have a ton of it But Prince had a bunch of Nike shares Oh wow Yeah Little Little known history fact Prince is the person who was benefiting from that Now, First Lady Michelle Obama, and I said that correctly. This is not, you're not listening to uh, anything in the
11: archives.
12: (laughs) First Lady Michelle Obama has completed her memoirs, Becoming. Um, It is set to hit shelves on November 13th, which is the same day that she'll kick off her 10-date book tour in Chicago. The tour will continue across America. Uh, through the holiday season Including Los Angeles, Washington D.C. Boston, Philadelphia, New York, Detroit Denver, San Francisco And the final stop is Dallas They should change that to Houston now That's a whole other story um, This Uh-oh. fall she said I'd like to share that fuller story With all of you on my book tour It's a story of my Come drum plainness My tiny victories My, lad- my latest bru- bruises my Ordinary Hopes and Worries, is what um, the First Lady said uh, via her Instagram. She said, it's a story of who I am. Truly, I'm proud of it. Blemishes and awe. So if you want to go get an advanced copy, um, you can go to um, or to see her on a book tour. And, um, you can go to Ticketmaster. And I think you have to sign up for their VIP. But you can actually get the tickets before they go on sale on the 21st. Um, her website is www.becomingmichelleobama.com if you want to go order her book. Now, um, I don't know if you saw uh, the newly crowned Miss America, Jay.
2: No, I but, haven't.
12: Yeah. Miss New York, Naya Franklin. She didn't have to wear a sweat to, uh, a swimsuit this year because they took out, you know, the swimsuit competition. And so, this is, um, she's the first Miss America crown, or Miss New York crowned um, since New York has won that three years in a row from 2013, 14th, and 15th. So, she is now, um, I guess, I I don't know how to put this, but she's made comments about how happy she was to not um, have to do the swimsuit and how all the other folks were. Um, There's been Controversy from Gretchen Carlson Carlson, um, And it was like a slight revolt Behind the scenes um, Because Gretchen Carlson The national chairwoman And CEO Regina Harper um, Ended up resigning But there's some dirt going on I guess Gretchen Carlson was pretty Mean to the women And and, um, um, I can't think of what the other stories Were but Apparently there's some controversy going So some of the the last year's winner Kept saying how mean Gretchen Carlson was And they actually kind of made some official former complaints But it just came out as this year's competition came So anyway, Nia Franklin won $50,000 And she has Miss America By the way, her controversy is She's only lived in New York State for a year She's from North Carolina But that's a whole nother story I ain't getting into. (laughs) into that part but there's some complaints about her Now now Hawaii's, Good. Hawaii's last princess Is 91 She loses the right to control Her 250 million dollar Fortune As she was ruled un, men, Mentally unfit to be In charge of her finances after A stroke left her impaired So the multi-millionaire heiress Abigail Kanoki. Kenoke I'm not going to say the rest of it, but I will spell her last name. <laughs> That's I I don't want to disrespect her. But she was uh, considered to be Hawaii's last princess. She's been babbling her former lawyer, James Wright, who was the trustee over her fortune. So I'm gonna, I want to say this as a public service announcement. If you have uh, $215 million, do not assign a trustee of your money who is not a family member. Because that guy feels her to make her mentally incompetent. And remember, Michael Jackson had this problem because the trustee of his money, while he was living, he kept saying that they're trying to kill him. But they had the... the um, he had his money in the trust. So who got control of the money when Michael Jackson died? The trustee of the trust. Prince's... Um, Family The trustee That the court assigned They broke into His vault At Paisley Park Took all of the music Out of there And shifted to Los Angeles They are still in court Because Prince's sister Said where is all Of that music And they said Oh we secured it In Los Angeles The trustee took it So And he was court appointed So Mental notes You want to be careful of Assigning trustees Now The um Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Academy is set yes. to show the great actress, and she's the greatest of all time, Cicely Tyson. Some respect. She's reset, she's going to receive her oh, wow. honor Academy Award on November 11. Good. What'd you say, Jay? I said that's outstanding. Yes. Now, Cicely is 93 years old. If you don't know, still looking good. If, still looking yeah. good. Yep. She was um, previously nominated in 1973 with her performance uh-huh. along Paul Winfield. What what movie was that, Jay? Uh, King. No, 73. Paul, Paul Winfield. Um, it was it was required. Um. You know, when, when there was only three stations before cable in the '80s, we oh actually my God. watched three stations. So I'm gonna go with you. It is Sounder. Tell you remember that movie? Was. I was
2: yeah, I, mean, I was thinking you know I was thinking it was Sounder, but I'm like yeah, I'm thinking about the what one. Okay, you're right, you're right. I remember that. Okay.
12: I forgot Paul Winfield.
11: Was I was going
2: sound- to say that Nick.
12: Yeah, because because he wasn't King later on. Mm-hmm. But she also played in Roots and in the Autobiography of Miss Jane Pigment <laughs> um, Everybody knows that one. She was in Hoodlum
1: yeah. and Grease
12: Lightning with Richard Pryor and many more. So Cicely Tyson is um, is now going to get an Academy Award. She also Bustin' Loose with Richard Pryor. Bustin' Loose with Richard Pryor. Bustin' Loose, yes. That's a Grease Lightning. That? I she's in Grease Lightning. It was Bustin' Loose. Good there, yep. Jay. Because, you know, that's when she had the school children He was driving the bus Reese Lightning was the auto yep, racer that's right. the Black yep. race car driver Yeah, so it was busting loose There you go and, and, of course, for you young kids She was in a couple of Tyler Perry movies uh, a little later on She was actually at Aretha oh, yeah. Franklin's funeral um, yep. I guess she was near Whoopi Goldberg and probably Tyler Perry I think, but she was at I, Arisa I thought Franklin. she was on the front row I may have be been wrong oh, I thought she, she was on a thorough I thought so Yeah I remember her there I can't remember how, What the order was Because it kept flashing Everybody around Alright so The story that I alluded to earlier CBS chairman And CEO Les Moonves Aggressively tied to Damage Janet Jackson's career um, After the 2004 world. I'm not going to call it A wardrobe malfunction After Justin Timberlake Ripped her clothes off And in a scathing account sources who spoke on a condition of anonymity painted moonbez uh, as a nasty businessman bent on re- reflect, inflicting revenge on Janet Jackson after that Super Bowl halftime show. Now CBS was slapped with $550,000 fine by the FCC and according to sources Moonbez didn't think that the wardrobe, that it was a wardrobe malfunction, but instead an intentional act to drum up controversy. Now, this is racism. Because if you think Janet Jackson needs to show her butt to get attention, you have a problem with black people. That That's crazy that you think that she would be nude to get controversy. Not Janet Jackson. Now, again, it, we just talked about this. We shouldn't have to vouch for the character of people when you do something wrong. But... He thought that she did it on purpose. So he went on to ban Janet Jackson from the Grammys that year. And then, um, well, he, he banished him and her and Justin Timberlake. But Timberlake escaped punishment um, because he tearfully apologized, is what he said. So J- Jackson became a target of Moonves um, because he, didn't, he thought she wasn't repentant enough. He wanted her to cry and do all of that other stuff. So, again, Justin Timberlake did that to Janet. So if Buster Rhymes would have did that to Shania Twain, then technically, y'all would be on Buster. But anyway, he ordered VH1, MTV, and all Viacom-owned radio stations to stop playing Jackson's music and music videos, which hurt her sales that year. Even seven years after that Super Bowl situation, Mubez had to had an axe grind when Jackson got that Simon & Schuster book deal which CBS owned. He was reportedly pissed at her um, True You journey to find love, uh, finding, and loving yourself. Um, he said it right. slipped through and got a deal on his watch. He said, how the F did that slip through? And, um, he uh, also told others that heads would roll as a result of it. So, He is dealing with his own um, karma right now Because he's engaged in sexual relationships With four of the seven women Who allegedly uh, Who alleged that they were punished uh, By him But he's saying it was consensual sex When he forced himself on some other women So CBS Corporation announced shortly That he had been forced to step down And that his $120 million sevens package Was on hold You know Um Pending the outcome of two investigations. But again, if you wonder why you haven't seen Janet Jackson in a while, it was one man controlling all of that stuff. Radio station play, MTV, BH1, all of them. All of the account- So BEP is owned by Viacom as well.
2: He's back. I just saw her latest video. She's back. I just star- saw her latest video. Beautiful. Yeah, nice. and
12: I'm glad this guy is gone. Because even if she's back, she still wasn't getting the radio play and the air spins because he was stopping them from doing it. So even when she came back the last time, you still didn't hear much of Janet Jackson. But we know now that he was working behind the scenes to stop her. So this is what systemic racism is when you um, listen to this show and we talk about it. Your your poster child is Guy Moonbez from CBS. And don't say because he married Jackie... Uh, Whatever her name um, On the talk That he wasn't racist Because obviously he was Alright now Trump planned a trip to Ireland Um, His 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 planned trip to Ireland was cancelled Because they threatened Protests So he put off his overseas visit to his own Golf course He was planning on visiting Ireland just to visit His own golf course That guy needed to go down for Um the emoluments clause He's making too much money off of being president And uh, we need Somebody needs to say something about that Alright Beijing offers a bio threat To Trump As Rus- the Russians team up with China For the largest ever military drill There's 300,000 soldiers And nuclear capable Missiles featured in their Rehearsal for a large conflict Now a week long deployment Dubbed the um Vostok two thousand eighteen, which is East Two thousand eighteen, which kicked off the in eastern Siberia, has been condemned by NATO as a rehearsal for a large scale conflict. Remember this day as we keep talking about the Russian investigation that Russia and China is teaming up doing military drills while Trump is defending Russia. And NATO yeah. is throwing up, you know, red flags. Now, a teacher, this kind of goes along with our program, but a teacher loses her job after posting a racist Facebook um, comment about Colin Kaepernick. There was a math teacher in Louisiana, Valerie um, uh, Skogan, She sparked outrage. She's in Slidell, Texas, if you've ever been to Slidell. shout out to my folks in Louisiana, but not in Slidell. Um, she, when she put up screenshots of her post about um, Colin Kaepernick's Just Do It um, campaign, And um, the students the parents complained, and they they did fire her. So, you know, again, I don't know why people, like we said before, think that they can just show their butt just because they're black and can say and do anything I want. Wasn't going to happen. All right. Jeffrey Owen, the actor, um, 57, Mm -hmm. who was on The Cosby Show, was offered a guest-starring role on NCIS New Orleans just two weeks after that photo, of him appearing to work at Trader Joe's was published. Um, he also booked a 10 episode gig on Have and Have Nots. Um, Owens will play a, a commander called uh, um, a character called Commander Adams um, on the sixth episode of NCIS in New Orleans, which will air in late October. And um, so he's he's giving them medical and spiritual advice. So it's just not like some black guy in the corner. He's actually playing a character on NCIS. <laughs> No, just wanted to say yes. I know that was almost a black-on-black crime. I almost said that he's not playing uh, a specific type of role. But I didn't do it. <laughs> I held out.
2: Yeah,
11: you but like Vanessa, yeah. <laughs> Vanessa committed
12: a crime today. It wasn't me. She did. <laughs>
2: That's right, she did. Fingerprints all over it.
12: <laughs> all right, we have time yeah.
2: for two more, Jerome, two more stories.
12: Okay. Um, you know, a safety instructor got 90 days in jail for fatally shooting a 13-year-old Michigan, uh, Michigan boy. Who was killed what by a ricocheting bullet during a squirrel hunt? Now, oh, this boy. guy, I know, 63, um, Roger Oker um, of Jensen, Jensen, Michigan, was sentenced Monday to 90 days in jail for shooting him, shooting a 13 year old on a hunting trip. They were hunting for squirrel. How do you oh, shoot no. some kid and not get any time for that? <sighs> He's wow. probably not going to even go to That's jail. Terrible. Yeah, I'm he got denied. 90 days.
2: That's unbelievable.
12: All right. All right. Yeah, so, you know, in a. All right, um, I'll do really, really two quick ones because they're both the same. A mother was trampled by okay. a, gr- a giraffe um, in huh. South Africa, her and her son, and a Minnesota doctor was severely mauled by two grizzly bears while hiking with friends in Wyoming, the Montana-Wyoming border. Um, so, he was just hiking with friends and he got jumped. But he was severely injured, severe injuries to his upper body. He didn't live. What? okay, again, you might want to stop playing around with wild animals. Just want, I just want to say that, yep. right. you know, go to zoo and I be agree. like, oh, he's my friend. I think he likes me. He don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> Say that. <laughs> And on that you like note it. Okay <laughs> I just wanted to get that public service
2: announcement You know, not well, like I to get public service announcement put out bro. Okay
12: <laughs> Well it's time for final thoughts And it's just me and my guy. So final thoughts Rome, Final thoughts Okay you know I try not to end on a disgusting You know On, um, on the show But this week in court A man who um urinated on the side of a building, had um, an offense of littering conviction overturned in, in Oregon, like in Oregon Court of Appeals, including that just him going to bathroom outside did not count as garbage. So if you go to bathroom onsi- outside, you are not going to be arrested. Now, in New York State, we have um, health code violations against that kind of stuff. But in Oregon, you won't be arrested for... Um, um, littering conviction. I just wanted to say that as a public service announcement for the people in Oregon. You can go to bathroom outside. And uh, <laughs> that's all I got. I know, you know, we've had a serious show today, but I cannot stress how important it is to know that our expectations, the reason I do some of these news stories is because I want you to see that this stuff is happening in this country and don't act like everything's a shocking thing. Uh, shocking to your system. We need to know what's going on so we can act accordingly. So there you have it. Everybody have a good week and my bad for bringing the show down.
2: That you never know, we'll bring the show down. My friend, you always bring it up. All right, my final thoughts are uh, about African-American fathers who want to be a part of their kids' lives. You know, there are a lot of black men out there that are missing in their children's lives, and I acknowledge that because I happen to be the child of one. But there are also a lot of African-American men out there who want to be a part of their lives, who want to do the things that they're expected to do as fathers. And there are women out there who will not allow them to do this women who are out there who bend the rules to work in their favor, but then when the rules don't work in their favor, they're the first ones running the court. The bottom line is is that do not, women, and I repeat, if there's a man who wants to be a part of that child's life, what you do is make it possible and do everything you can in your power to make sure that that father is inclusive in that child's life. It's unfortunate that you two didn't make it, but at at the end of the day, it's all about what's in the best interest of the child. And on that note, Jerome if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? Hey, it's time for the serious
12: side of the J. Rouse show. Nope. That
2: is the man. It has been a pleasure
12: serving <laughs> <Sorry>, you guys <laughs> this morning. So, for
2: Vanessa, for my main man, Jerome, for Jackie, I'm Jay Rouse And have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it is Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless everybody. We'll see you next week.
1: You are
0: listening to the TJRS Radio Network.